I'm old enough to remember everyone having a pager. <laughs> okay. Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark's Movie Reviews, a spoiler-free discussion detailing the good, the bad, and the downright ridiculous of anime movies. I'm your host Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, we have our czar of source material, John. (laughs) Hopefully I sing that terribly enough that we don't get DMCA'd for that. I know, right? (laughs) I'm going to actually just overlay the bad kazoo version of it over that part. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Anyway, uh, we're not actually here to talk about uh, Jurassic Park, as great as that would be. Uh, but we are here uh, doing a movie review, a spoiler-free movie review of Makoto Shinkai's 2007 film, 5 centimeters per second. Um, we've been on a, on a Shinkai kick recently, not just uh, with our... Um, our movie reviews, but with our, like, talking about his movies in our Discord server. So uh, it's very fortuitous that we're doing this. Yeah, I don't know why we, like, all of a sudden shifted to doing just Shinkai. I guess because, like, when you think of, like, when you watch one, you think about the others, right? Yeah. And and it's kind of like, oh, yeah. But, I mean. I think especially because his work, like, his name is so associated with the things that he works on that it's just, it's a name you become familiar with. But the real reason was that, um... The the server members tried to bully me into doing your name for the movie review, and I said, no, we're going to do five centimeters per second, the better <laughs> yeah. Shinkai film. So, um, and plus, Stick I... Stick it to the man! <laughs> I had to... So, I, I've seen this movie twice, and I saw it once in middle school, and I saw it again once in high school, and I was mm. like, hey, now that I'm in my, like, adulthood, I should watch it again. Because this movie has three parts right acts yeah three three vignettes three parts three stories as it's called in the actual movie itself yeah which take place in like there's um middle school one is in like the early to mid 90s yeah early to mid 90s when uh the main character is in like elementary school slash middle school late 90s like 1999 um i believe it was that they were he was graduating high school and then like then the end of the film takes place in like 2008 so yeah i how serendipitous of a situation i find myself in that people wanted us to review a makoto shinkai film so we chose five centimeters per second and i needed to watch this for a third time anyway to like (laughs) get to complete the trifecta (laughs) yeah and um it's gonna be really hard to talk about this film so you guys don't know this but for the last hour and a half i've just been talking to alex prior to recording this just mm. about the film and like what it means to me and stuff like that. And it's, it's going to be really hard to try to review this without spoiling it because uh, first of all, it's only 90 minutes long. It's not a very long movie. Not even that it's 63 minutes long. Yeah. It's, it's not even 90. It's not a feature it's length. Not, film. It's not even technically feature length. Yeah. And um, <laughs> obviously written and directed by, titular makoto shinkai Uh, ya boy (laughs) ya boy makoto shinkai everybody knows who shinkai is at this point right i feel like yeah i feel like at a certain point in time there was only like i would say shinkai films and um satoshi kone films were like very i wouldn't say underground but it was kind of like um (laughs) 
I want to say art house, but uh, it was unknown basically. Uh, but Shinkai Makoto Shinkai has really broken out into the movie scene that everyone knows Makoto Shinkai stuff now. Oh yeah, especially over the last five years or so. But when um when five centimeters per second came out in two thousand seven, he was still relatively unknown in like the main world, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Prior to this work, um, Makoto Shinkai had only ever made one um, uh, film project, and that was The Play's Promise in Early Days, which we may eventually one day review here on the podcast as well. And then prior to that, he had only ever done um, uh, short films. Yeah, um, like uh, so. A distant, oh, a distant planet. What I don't, I fucking, I literally just looked this up, and I, I completely forgot already. <laughs> But yeah, he only did like OVAs. Uh, he's talking prior. about Voices of a Distant Star. Voices of a Distant Star, which um I think is a great OVA. But mm. yeah, I, I feel like that's the only Shinkai film I haven't seen. The one mm. before this, five centimeters per second. So maybe yeah. we'll watch it. Um, I don't. I believe Natai is the next one to choose a movie, right? He is, and he's already chosen. So it won't be one of Makoto Shinkai's films. I can tell you that. Well, that's uh, fine. The film. <laughs> we probably shouldn't do back-to-back-to-back Makoto Shinkai films. I know, right? <laughs> um, but the the uh, film, 5 centimeters per second, itself was produced by Comics Wave Films, who have worked with Makoto Shinkai on almost all of his projects, uh, I believe, at this point. And um, like I said, the film did premiere in 2007, March 3rd, 2007, to be precise, in Japan. Normally, when we do our movie reviews, I try to find... Um, information about how much it cost to make and how much it made in the box office i could not find information at least sourced information on either of those things for five centimeters per second and to my knowledge and i at least in the united states i do not believe that five centimeters per second has premiered theatrically in the united states ever yeah and so this is like so mid-2000s you gotta understand um anime still wasn't big in the u.s Mm. not not as mainstream as it is now where literally we we get theatrical releases of movies and stuff which is insane to me like um this is like right off the uh god this is only seven years after people were stopping to use the um (laughs) getting vhs's with the yellow subtitles on them yes (laughs) the freaking old school way to get animated oh we're old we're old (laughs) but um yeah, it's no surprise that no information was saved about this just because, like, it, I think it only released in Japan anyway, so it would be hard. Mm. F- on one hand, it'd be really hard to get that because it's Japan release only, uh, yeah. so we wouldn't have an international database for that. On the other hand, the fact that it was in early 2000s, like, the the only type of stats that get tracked prior to, I'd say, about 2010, prior to 2010 would be, like, Hollywood films. Those are the only yeah. prolific enough films that people actually recorded everything, like from production costs to who was in it to every single thing. So it's just hard to get that type of information without being in the industry. Um, unfortunately, I don't know anyone in the uh, Japanese film industry. So, hey, if you guys, <laughs> if anyone in the industry is a fan of the podcast, you know, wants to shoot us a message and do an interview or something, that'd be cool. But. Yeah, and if anyone does out there know of a source that uh, a reliable source that has uh, information on the budgeting that it took to make this or any kind of box office receipts it got in Japan, I sure would like to know. So you can always post a link uh, down below in in the comments. 
Um, and I, as I mentioned before, like it's it's a short it's a short watch. It's sixty three minutes long total, and like that includes the fucking end credits as well. Um, yeah, the last three minutes is just like a freaking uh, compilation of every single thing you just watched in the last hour. Like, yeah, set yeah, to music. But um, my source is that I made it the fuck up. It's like an AMV. <laughs> Let's talk about the art and animation. Uh, first off, the one thing I definitely got to praise this thing for is, my God, the background art is beautiful. Holy shit. Um, I've got to say that the anime itself, or the, the film itself, is pretty dated. Like, dude, it's it's mid... It, it looks like an anime from 2007, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, it does, but it still looks good. Because this is before that weird shift where everything turned into Moe Cute Blob. You know what I'm saying? Mm, like, yes. a lot of Makoto Shinkai's newer films, it's gotten a lot more anime moe in my... Or not moe, but just more anime. Like, rounder eyes, more bubbly, like, just fucking rounder proportions in general. It just yeah. looks more anime. Like, modern-day anime. Mid... Like, 2006, 2007 was a weird time in anime where we are just coming off of the 90s where everything was like, no, we got to make things, like, skinny and, like, everything looked like clamp, basically. <laughs> Everyone draw yeah. like clamp. So, that was, like, the 90s, right? Where we tried to kind of make anime, like, realistic proportions. And then we went to this weird, like, bug-eyed anime chibi thing forming Clanad. what we have. <laughs> Clanad. It was just honestly just visual key doing that but you know what i'm talking about like that that transition period yeah where... i will say and you're right like the mid 2000s was like that like in between transition time between like the the 90s style that we had all become accustomed to and the new style that we have now which is like you say the rounder cheeks the the uh the bigger eyes the, the big mo the moe look the the sort of modern day moe look yeah, modern Moe Blob. Um, it's hard to so <laughs> unless you watch a shit ton of fucking anime like we have in our long time of watching anime, it's hard <laughs> to notice these type of changes, especially for like newer age anime fans. Like they wouldn't, you would a newer age anime fan would look at this and be like, "Oh, this looks like garbage." And it's like, "Well, this is what anime used to look like." So get used to it, kid. <laughs> um, but I, it still looks good in my opinion. Everything looks. I want to say everything was hand-drawn. I don't remember if everything was hand-drawn. I I wasn't paying too much attention to the uh, to the anime movie. Because um, <laughs> there's not a lot that happens in, in the movie. Like, there's not... Mm. I wouldn't say... This is not a film that is deep enough that I would say you need to pay attention to anything. Uh, this is definitely a, a film that's more about, like, the emotions and stuff. And... What better way to get those tears revving than to have a, I don't know what the fuck, fucking it's called, the orchestra? Did they have an orchestra? Anyway, well, Tenmon. Yeah, if you're talking about the, the soundtrack, I mean, the soundtrack definitely definitely flows with the, the visuals on screen very, very well. Yeah, uh, I think the soundtrack was, it wasn't bad. Um, Obviously, no giant, huge orchestra swells like we get with Hiroyuki Sawano. But Tenmon did a decent job with just having an OST. It it made me feel emotions. Um, soft <laughs> it strings. made me feel things. It worked. <laughs> well, because it's like... I, it it had the right tunes? The right beeps and boops at the right moments? Like, what? 
Um, yeah, I mean, like a lot of the like the 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 really sad moments. They got that like that piano melody that comes in. Like, oh, it's like really sad and like, oh, you know, I feel this. Just let it keep going. <laughs> yeah, the soft strings. The um, <laughs> it's a Makoto Shinkai film. I don't. I I really can't describe it other than yeah, it's a Shinkai film. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a Shinkai. Well, it sounds like an older Shinkai film, not like a newer Shinkai film. And um, since so, this is Makoto Shinkai's film. Uh, I believe this is the only one he's made that doesn't have anything like sci-fi or magic or anything like weird in it. It's literally just the movie about like normal people mm. in a normal life. Yeah, it's, so, it's certainly a departure in that sense from Makoto Shinkai because most of his uh, works, whether you're talking about his films or um, his short pro- film projects, they all have some kind of like science fiction element or something to do with magic or the supernatural. And this one doesn't. This is literally just people going about their daily lives, more or less. Yeah, and as far as the sound design goes, um, it uses a lot of stock sounds. Like the whole cicada thing, the birds, the uh, there's I was I was playing Elden Ring while I was rewatching this on the third time because for whatever reason I got to be doing two things at the same time because I I don't know I have a problem. This and, ADHD <laughs> motherfucker. I don't. I really I can't watch something and just watch things. I have to do something while I'm watching something. It's become a real bad problem of mine. But um, and there's one scene where uh I believe the the main character he's he's loosing an arrow and <laughs> it's the it was like a slashing sound effect when he looses the arrow and it's the exact same one that fromsoft uses for when things die or get killed in all of fromsoft games like that that ching sound whatever like whoever plays uh dark souls or elden ring you know what i'm talking about that sound effect that was in this film and i was like oh shit it's a stock sound effect i didn't know that it was funny. Um, I mean, other than there's obviously stock sound effects for like the trains, for the background noises, the ambiance, because it it takes place in a normal just it, it takes place in Japan. In you mentioned you mentioned trains, and I gotta I gotta share with you a um a, a bit of fun f- trivia about this movie that I found out while researching some of it. Um, <laughs> so there's a magazine called Trains Magazine. And in 2010, they rated their 100 greatest train movies, and this movie was made the list. <laughs> it was the 45th greatest train movie, according to Trains Magazine. I mean, it, the plot kind of does revolve around... The first 20 minutes revolves around a whole train, so I, I Pretty guess... Pretty much, yeah. It, it's, it's, a about train a train, it's about a train journey from, like, the I guess, in you know somewhere in Tokyo to, like, the rural areas around it. Yeah, it was Journey Across Japan with Chris Broad. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, other than that, I don't really have anything else to say about the sound. Um, The music was all right. The sound design was all right. It it wasn't bad. It it definitely didn't detract, which is a plus in my book. As long as your sound design and sound scoring do not detract from your film, you're doing good. But it definitely, I wouldn't say it enhanced it or made it better. But that's because, like, you didn't really need any of the audio cues to feel the emotions that the scenes were... When the scenes were playing out, you didn't need audio cues to really, mm-hmm. um, like, tell you, hey, this is a sad scene, because this entire film is just kind of sad in general. Um, I would actually... I would I would 
attribute that more to how well the the cinematography is done than anything else. Oh yeah, like the the cinematography. Did we even? Oh, we didn't even talk about the cinematography before. We went <laughs> no, you kind of skipped over because you wanted to talk <laughs> yeah. about the music. Because I I knew I'd forget about the sound effect thing because I I was just like I got to talk about that. It's so funny, but yeah, the cinematography of this uh is it's shot really well, but again, you don't have to pay attention too much because. As long as you understand what the narrative is, like what they're saying, like so, if you listen, if you watch the uh, English dub, for example, and you speak English, you can just listen to the emotion of the actors, um, overplayed by like the, not a really a vignette, but like overplayed by whatever whatever thing you see on your screen. I can't talk right now. <laughs> I have, I have, I have bad vernacular. I'm very tired. <laughs> it could be because you've been up for what 15, 16 hours now. A little bit, a little bit. Been up for a little bit. Um, <laughs> in typical John fashion. Typical John. Sleep. It's either too early or too late for this shit. Yeah, it's never the perfect time. Because we, <laughs> if it was the perfect time, we'd record at 10 p.m. every night. Oh my. <laughs> but yeah, the cinematography. It's shot really well. Um, mm. there's lots it, of panning shots across like scenery too. Yeah, and. <laughs> It just it's beautifully made. It's it's a beautifully constructed movie, though not with its not without its shortcomings because I think one of the worst things about this film is that it's only 63 minutes long. It kind of feels like a half film in my opinion. It, it does. It feels like there's so much more that could have been done with the story or stories, I guess, being told throughout this that it, it could have warranted like a 90 minute to 2 hour long runtime. Yeah, and, like, there's three interconnected OVA-styled vignettes, right? And mm-hmm. they're about approximately 20 minutes each. Um, yeah. The last and... one, which is called 5 centimeters per second, is by far the shortest one, though. Yeah, because the first one uh, called, oh, is it Sakura? Oh, my God. Why uh, Cherry Blossom is part, part one. Uh, the second part is called uh, Cosmonaut. Okay, so the first part, Cherry Blossom, is like 23, 25 minutes long. Almost like an anime episode. Yeah, and I I really liked the first uh, part. Like, it was my favorite part of the film for a long time. Mainly because, like, that's... (laughs) I I wished it ended. I wish this film ended on a high note like it does in the first 25 minutes, right? That's what I really wish. But in typical Makoto Shinkai fashion, we got to feel fucking emotions before we're satisfied with the ending because we like being sad, I guess. And um, I thought it was interesting that he broke it up into three sections because a lot of, uh, you know, there's like the rules of writing, right? Uh, When you're writing a story, you're supposed to have like, of course, there's three acts. Um, There's always the three three act play is one of the oldest ways to write a story. But it's interesting that he would just put it out like straight up just like we're just gonna tell you which one is which like i i thought that was an interesting choice uh interesting read like weird i i, I don't know why he did that <laughs> to be honest like if we didn't have the title cards we could have understood that they are segmented in different times of their lives yeah however in uh act two cosmonaut it does switches up uh, the point of view so we have uh there's basically three i would say three main characters in the film um I I don't remember their names. Takaki <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, is the, the main male character's name. There's Akari, who is his sort of love interest in parts 
you know, in part one. Um, and there's uh, Kanai. Oh, yeah. Sumi, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tono, Akari, and Sumida. So there, there's basically just three characters in, in this film. And yeah. uh, in act two, it switches to the uh, point of view of, like, Sumida. And I, I really liked it because it gave us a different perspective. Because part one focuses mainly on um, Akari and Tono. And we understand their relationship and it, it all is focused on them, right? And mm-hmm. it's the main character really is Tono, I'd say. So when in Act 2, it swaps over to uh, Sumida, you're just like, it, it's nice to understand a different point of view of like what's happening around him. Because I think the film, it doesn't, it's about like uh, time and space and relationships, right? That's what really this film is about. And I think yeah. even though it, it had a very limited runtime to do it in. I think it did it well enough to like showcase how relationships get strained because of time and space. Mm. Like it, it, it's straight up just sad. <laughs> and uh, it's very realistic too. Like, I feel like many people who watch this, especially older people can certainly relate to this idea that, you know, as great as some relationships, whether they're romantic relationships or even friendships start out when you first meet people that eventually there's a distance that forms and you grow further and further apart from it. And that is only exacerbated by an actual physical distance that can show up too. Yeah. Like I, I'd love that. In the three parts, we see, like, childhood, essentially. Early childhood uh, to early... To, yeah, childhood to, like, teen to, like, adult, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're a kid, <laughs> your entire world revolves around basically your school and the people you know at school, right? Yeah. So something as devastating as moving to a different school, just, like, fucking... Like, in my own personal life, uh, moving to a different school that was only, like, 30 minutes away, that was life-changing. I never saw these people ever again in my life because it never occurred to me that I could just go visit them because you really couldn't. And At least not by yourself. At least not by yourself. And that distance, especially since this takes place in a time where cell phones weren't big just yet. So it was very uh, <laughs> it was heartbreaking, to be honest. Like, watching the main character lose contact with people and it just like it, it kind of makes you think man we're really spoiled nowadays in terms of like communication and social media like our cell phones are here we can talk to anyone we want mm-hmm. at any time of the day from anywhere right and that's something to keep in mind because like when this story is told it's told from like the early to mid 1990s up to present day which present day in terms of the story is 2008 um, so at the, in the first really two parts of the story, not everyone has cell phones in the first part for sure. Yeah. I mean, first of all, <laughs> I guess kids nowadays would probably have cell phones cause I swear they're getting younger and younger and they get cell phones and that's just a weird thing to me, but you damn whippersnappers with your cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> you got video, you got games on your phone. Hey, anyway. Hey man, you uh, got games. Yeah. So <laughs> They were using a freaking payphone, right, in the film. And I was just like, oh, geez, do we even... I don't think we have payphones anymore. I've never... I haven't seen a payphone in real life, in person in real life. The last time I was in Canada, I saw one. It was really weird. It's been, like, over 15 years since I've seen an actual payphone. No one uses payphones anymore. I remember there was a time... All right, my age is going to show here. um, (laughs) Because I've accepted the fact that I'm getting old now. But I remember there was a time in my life 
when I was applying for jobs that it was good to have a home phone number and you wouldn't put your cell phone number because cell phones unprofessional was seen as unprofessional. Like that was what was told to me. Nowadays, it's unheard of to have a home phone number and you have to put your cell phone number. And if you don't have a cell phone or a cell phone number or a way to contact you, you're seen as unprofessional. unprofessional. (laughs) Yeah. It's so weird. It's such a shift, man. It, it's barely been 15 years. Like, come on. What the heck? I'm I'm old enough to remember everyone having a pager. <laughs> okay. Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> Let's get you back into bed here. <laughs> oh, man. My dad used to have one, and I thought it was so cool that anyone could get a hold of him anytime. <laughs> Jesus. I bet your dad also had a Rolodeck. Uh, no, but my mom did. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, uh, um, enough of I just, we realize we're fucking ancient. <laughs> um, so I personally think that this movie is what started it all for Makoto Shinkai. I, I think this is the film that helped him solidify his way of storytelling. His style, yeah, his storytelling his style. style. Because it, to me, personally, and you know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. I don't care. This is my opinion. I think... <laughs> Five centimeters per second is the basis of all of Makoto Shinkai's works. Like they all follow the, a kind of a, a very similar structure mm. in every work after this. When he does romance ones, like when it comes to Garden of uh, Garden of Words, Garden of yes, Words. Garden of Words. I was going to to say Garden of Sinners. I'm like, no, that's that ufotable anime. That, that is no that is a completely about. different anime. <laughs> That is a completely different anime that nobody knows about, but it's an amazing one. And it's also an OVA series. It has like seven, seven OVAs, eight OVAs, seven or eight. I can't remember exactly how many, but it's done by Ufotable and no one knows that because no one liked it. I guess I don't, I'd liked it, but point is, um, (laughs) what was my point? Where was I going with this? Alex, remember for me. I Okay. You're relying on me. You're very brave. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Jokes on you. I remembered. So I got my thought back. Uh I think a lot of Shinkai's films they they pay a lot of homage to everything that five centimeters per second did. Mm. Like the whole <laughs> for example, the whole the two characters who can never meet actually eventually cross paths, right? Quite but they literally. didn't know it. Yeah, and they didn't know it. That that fucking stems from five centimeters per second that's yeah. like the entire that's like the, the what happens in the first fucking five minutes right it's like well and not to spoil anything but like the ending of of five centimeters per second is directly mirrored in the ending of your name like it, not even like not even like trying to hide it though i'd say the ending of your name and the ending of five centimeters per second have different um meanings they do, like, but like the, the the cinematography of them is very similar. Yeah, and this is kind of what lends credence to my whole idea that Makoto Shinkai bases everything off of five centimeters per second because this was his first film, or his second film, but his first major, like, everyone liked this film. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty well received in general when it, when it released, for sure. Yeah, it, this was big in the anime community back in 2007 when it released. Like, hmm. prior to this, we didn't have... We just didn't have very many movies, I guess, um, comparatively to things like this. But I remember watching it when it first came out because anime, the anime community was just like, oh, my gosh, have you seen this movie? It's so crazy. Good. It's sad. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I watch anime. I watch all the anime. I'm like 14. I watch every anime. 
So, um, and, but I feel like this film focuses a lot more on uh, the growth of the main character guy. Not really the growth, because we don't really see very many of that, but it, it relies on a lot of um, fill-in the blanks with Makoto Shinkai. Like, a lot of it has to do with things that happen in life that you can use your own experiences to fill in the blanks, and it's like, it's why it's kind of successful. Um, yeah, it's like Makoto Shinkai is directly talking. He says, so how do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, a lot of the situations that Tono finds himself in are things that I found myself in during the same age in very similar circumstances, right? Yeah, well, and it, it's ostensibly the entire story for both all three parts, really, is ostensibly about loss and how you deal with it. And I, I feel like... <laughs> I feel I, I resonated so well with the first part, the second part, and then as an adult, I've resonated with the third part really well too. And I'm just like, fuck! I really wish I could spoil this and talk at length about this, but I really can't because that's the point of the movie. Um, it's only 60 minutes. Please give it a watch. If you've never seen this, you really need to watch it. And then tell me I'm wrong <laughs> that Makoto Shinkai did not base the rest of his films on five centimeters <laughs> per second. Fucking debate me at me. Fucking. Um. <laughs> So one thing we were talking about before we actually got started with this recording was the fact that, and maybe you agree with me, that this is something that definitely deserves to be watched by someone three times. Ideally, you should watch it the first time when you're young, like particularly like if you're in middle school or early high school. You should watch the second part, or you should watch the film again um, when you become a, an adult ostensibly like in college or you know late high school um and then you should watch it again as like a full grown adult like in your late 20s early 30s to I get mean, the, I, I think don't... to get the most out of it you have to watch it though at those three time periods of your life because you will get something different every single time you watch it i don't think they would have to do that uh it's just serend just it was just coincidence that I watched it at th- the exact same intervals at my life, and mm. I resonated really well with it. I think it'd be fine to watch this as an adult, just in general, because um, this is definitely a film that you have to fill it in with your own experiences. If you haven't experienced anything like this, like love and uh, having to deal with like loss and stuff like that, and mm. relationships and distance and time and stuff like that, and just getting older. And the passage of time. If you never had to deal with things like that, I don't think you could really relate to this film. And perhaps, although I feel like you could, uh, you could insert your experiences with friendships just as easily as you could with a romance. Yeah, but the problem here is that time and space play a very big factor in this, and I feel like at least until you're in high school or something, or at least an early adult, you wouldn't really understand what it means to grow apart. Like, that's a big theme of this movie, growing yeah. apart. And to really feel the full brunt of the Makoto Shinkai kick to the heart, you got to understand about growing apart. Yeah. And Which I feel like by the time you're an adult, particularly if you're an adult in your late 20s or early 30s, you've experienced that at least once or twice. Yeah, you have enough of you've had You've experienced at least a little bit of it that you can understand and you can extrapolate this type of, like, definition. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, this is a film that you got to fill in your own blanks because uh, it only has got 60 minutes to work with. So we don't get a really cohesive story. And there's not a lot of um, overtly, like explicitly overtly things told to you 
Like there's yeah. a certain scene in like act three where like a whole ass fucking <laughs> character aspect of the main character happens and there's no dialogue. It's just no. one scene, but it's extremely powerful because you can extrapolate so much information from that because it's like, I understand what he was doing. I understand exactly what happened because I, I understand exactly his emotional state. And again, it, not to in spoil which everything it, the, occurred. The entire, the entire thing is predicated on the main character receiving a phone call and his reaction to it. And his reaction to it tells you so much. Yeah. And it's really hard to understand how good of a film this is without having these type of experiences. Which yeah. is why I feel like a lot of people think uh, Makoto Shin, like 5 centimeters per second isn't that great. Because if you're a younger fan... You might like it just because it's like, yeah, it was all right. Like, I understand what it's like growing up and not having the same friend group anymore. But I'm like, but do you really understand what Makoto Shinkai is trying to tell you here about time and space and the distance between us? Come on, And about man. getting over loss. Like, it, there, there's a lot more flavor and depth to this film. And it, it's so amazing that it can do that in just, uh, like, a little bit over an hour. It, yeah. It's insane. But again, that's because it's heavily reliant on fill your own uh fill in your own experiences which i which guess is you what could say Makoto is bad Shinkai like. has become really well known for yeah <laughs> again it started it all <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh to wrap this up john what do you give this out of 10 honestly <laughs> i don't want to say this film is mid cuz it's definitely not no um, i'm i'm kind of biased mainly because i liked it when i was younger but it definitely is a, something that you should watch later on in life when you get more experience. Because if I were to rate it as a younger John, I'd say it was probably more of a 7 out of 10 movie. Uh, currently, I think it's more of an 8 out of 10 because I've gotten a lot more experience in my life and stuff. And I've, under, I, I've, I've been able to understand the movie a lot more. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very very similar to you. I actually give it an eight point five out of ten, uh, mostly for the same reasons. Is like I feel like as a younger person watching this, I probably would have given this maybe a six or seven out of ten. Um, but now that I'm older and I've experienced uh, some of the things that uh, the main character has experienced in this, like I I definitely understand it more and I I, I respect it way more than I would have um, I, I did back then. Um, so yeah, I give it an 8.5. Um, I, I still think, um, like, um, uh, art and animation wise, it still looks really good, especially considering the time that it was made. Yeah, I definitely don't think the background art looks terrible. Like it, it doesn't look super aged, like, um, something like Kanad, for example. Oh God, that looks so aged, <laughs> but <laughs> bug eyes, but, uh, I, I definitely don't think that it. It also doesn't look that amazing either. I, I don't know. Overall, I'd say the experience is an eight out of ten experience. Like regardless of how the how aged it feels, the story it tells is kind of like a tale that is forever. Yeah, it's pretty timeless. <laughs> a hundred years ago, people were feeling this exact same thing. Yeah, you're right. So that is Makoto Shinkai's five centimeters per second. Um, so coming up, uh, our next movie review, which is one that has been chosen by Natai, he will be uh, reviewing the recently released, at least on Netflix, um, anime film Bubble. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that. I don't know exactly when that will be, but um, that is going to be our next, um, our next movie review. 
Um, and then it'll be back to me. And who knows? Maybe I'll do another Makoto Shinkai movie. <laughs> it does seem like whatever movie people keep talking about in our um, our Discord server ends up becoming one that we we review. <laughs> Boo! Boo to peer pressure. Boo! <laughs> no, I shall. I shall bow down to peer pressure. Ugh! Especially if there are people who follow us on Discord. <laughs> Would you guys like to have a mob? sway? <laughs> Anyone else that wants to have a sway on our hearts and stuff, you know, check out the links below. That's right, that's right. So thank you everyone there for stopping in uh, to listen to us. As John said, do check the description below where you can find links to Anime Club After Dark on Twitch, on social media, and on Discord. Uh, do make sure you're 18 plus if you join our Discord server, though. Check out our merch store uh, as well. Any purchases you make there do really, really help us out. With that, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, John. I can't wait to go to sleep. Holy shit, this has been so long. <laughs> Do you know do you know what sleep is to you John? What? Do you know what sleep is to you? What? What what are, I don't understand what what are you trying to connect this to? It's the place promised in your early days. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Collective sighs around the world. Yeah.